You are listening to the Marietta Seventh-day Adventist Church podcast. Today's message comes to us from the intern pastor of Marietta Seventh-day Adventist Church, Connor Yonkers. So today we're talking about community. And when I think of community, I actually think of Marietta, because what's your mission statement? It's literally right up here on the wall. It's, we are a community building relationships with God and with each other. And then we also say, making a positive influence in the local community. So you guys, your, your mission statement is built around community. So today we're going to be talking about God's rhythm for community. And we're in a sermon series on rhythm. And here's the text that we've been going through. And this is what it says, Matthew 11, verse 28, and it says, Are you tired? Well, church, are you tired? Are you worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I will lay everything Lay everything heavy or ill-fitting, I, w- I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Isn't that a beautiful promise? Amen. God has these rhythms for our lives. God has these blessings to give us, and that he's already given us that we can live in, right? Pastor Luke talked about the gift of the Sabbath. The Sabbath isn't something that we're supposed to do because we're required to do it necessarily. It's, it's because God wants to give us this gift, Right? So we have rest. So it's all about a gift. And then Matt talked about the rhythms of prayer and how it's so important to stay connected with God in prayer. Today we're going to talk about community. And I'm super excited about this because community is something that I think is super important. Um, And we're created to be creatures of community, and we're going to dive into that for a little bit. But my question first is, what brings people together? Who said food? I, that's the first thing I was actually going to say. You read my mind. Food is something that I love, okay? One of the first things, or yeah, one of the first things I did here at Marietta is I got good, good local food here that you can't get anywhere else. I went to a taco place. It's super good. And something that I've also been doing is going to Del Taco weekly, okay? Because back in Chattanooga and back in Maryland where I live, I don't have Del Taco, and I'm addicted to it now. It's like the upgraded version of Taco Bell for me. Um, and it's funny because I've been going there weekly, and I see the same people there, too. I'm like, okay, so like, since that I'm, I'm a regular, you're also a regular. Okay, so cool. So food builds community. Um, something else that I did this summer was I joined a rock climbing gym for the first time. And that was super cool. Um, and people in there, that's such a, it's a special kind of community, right? So what, yeah, so what brings people together? Common interests. Common interests, common beliefs, different things. I also think about holidays, because if we're talking about food, what's the, the, the holiday built around one massive meal that we stuff our faces? Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. And then I also think about Christmas time where we bring family together. Those are all holidays all built around community. Um, I also think about this. Have you guys been like on the news recently? Have you seen like how many people have been like gathered together to go storm Area 51 on the news. Isn't that crazy? And like, if you go online and read about it, it's a complete joke. Like, but the fact that you can unite the entire world around a joke is kind of interesting, right? 
I actually, uh, who reached out to me? It was somebody, I preached an evangelism series in Zimbabwe last year, and one of the people, he was actually my driver who drove me to my church every single day. He messaged me on Twitter and was like, hey, have you heard about Area 51? What even is that? Like, people in Zimbabwe are hearing about this. That's how crazy this is. Like, even jokes bring the world together. It's interesting. Yeah. But people around the world, they long for community and a sense of belonging. And we wonder why that is. Why do, we, why do we always want to be around people? Why do we want community? And I think it's because we're created for community. So let's go to in the Bible where God creates the first community. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. And the page number's up there. If you don't have a Bible, there's a pew Bible. It's page 2. But turn with me to Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Give you a sec there. And this is something that I find interesting in the Bible because this is the first time God says something is what? Not good. And we're going to read it real quick. Then the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. So God creates the earth and he creates Adam, but he says it is not good for man to be alone. So what does he do? He says, so I shall make him a helper fit for him. And then we see that he creates Eve, and then he says to Adam and Eve, go be fruitful and multiply. And so this isn't a marriage seminar, but God literally made a system so that more people could come about so that we could have community, right? So God says, literally, it is not good for man to be alone. So when you say, no, I just want to be alone, it's most likely not good for you to be alone. Like, like sometimes we need time to think about things or something like that, like, cool. But if you're constantly in isolation... Is that a good thing? No. The Bible is clear. Man should not be alone. We, we are created to be creatures of community. And so I think it's interesting if we look at the world, there's so many different alternative communities outside of like biblical community or like church, right? Um, something that Pastor Luke sent me was this article, and it was really fascinating. It was an article talking about these Sunday assemblies. And they were call, they're called oasis, oasises. And you can look them up. Like, there's almost one in every single major city. And it's these secular communities that come together. And they don't believe in God. Most of them are atheist or agnostic or practice some sort of other religion. But they all come together to have these talks about how can we make the world a better place. But the interesting part is, like, they sing songs together, they have small group discussions, and then they usually have a key speaker. So, like, what does that sound a lot like? <laughs> Sounds a lot like church, just without God, right? And it's just interesting to me that there's, like, these assemblies, and most of these people either went to church or never went to church, but they go weekly. Because they long for a sense of belonging, they long for a purpose, they long for community with people who also are thinking the same way they do, or also searching for the same purpose. So these things bring people together, just like food brings people together, rock climbing brings people together, sports, you can name anything. Those are all different examples. I just find it interesting that we naturally, and that's just one example, we naturally long for a fulfilling community. And it's, it's really cool that that, that happens. Um, but why does God want us to have community? Like, God created us to have community, but why does he want us to have community? So we're going to go dive into that. So let's turn to Ephesians chapter 1. 
verses 22 through 23. And the page number's on the screen if you are in your pew Bible. Ephesians chapter 1, 22 through 23. So we saw that God created us to be creatures of what? Community. And now read verse 22. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So let's talk about this. Who is the church? We are the church. Is the building the church? It is a church, but it's not the church that it's talking about. We are the church as fellow believers, and we are all one what? One body. We are all one body under Jesus Christ. And so what he's saying is, is that Jesus is the fullness of Christ is Christ and his body. They're not separate. They're inseparable. They're connected. So you're not experiencing the fullness of Jesus Christ if you're not having community within the body of believers. You see what I'm saying? Like, we're created for community, and we're also not going to experience the fullness of Jesus and his blessings if we're not dwelling in his community, right? That's what it's saying. So we need community. Community is necessary for us Christians. Biblical community. And so we're created for this community, and I think we need community for many different reasons, and there's many practicality that the Bible gives us on what community should look like for us as believers. So, I want you to turn to James chapter 5. I know we're Bible flipping. James chapter 5, verse 13 through 16. That's towards the end of the Bible. And James is literally a book all about the practicality of faith. And it's a super awesome book. I love it. James chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. And it says, is any among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of the faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. So everything that that just said, can you do that just by yourself? No. What do you need? We need each other, right? So basically what what James is saying here is that there's something important about community and coming together, praying for one each other, and being there for each other. I think sometimes... We gather in church, but sometimes we're not actually present with each other, right? Sometimes we we gather together as fellow believers, but we don't actually interact with each other. This right here, this this paints a picture of something super intimate between us as fellow believers, united in Christ. And that's what God wants for us. God wants us to have a biblical community where we come together and we study the word of God. We uplift each other, remind each other that the goodness of God and how much he loves us. I think I'm super impressed about the, uh, the collegiate group and the youth group where they do Friday night hangout. And basically what that is is all the youth in the church, they go 
hang out on Friday night, do a Bible study, have fun, and just learn about God. And I think that's so cool. And the cool thing about that is most of them go almost every single week. Unless, like, they have some sort of obligation, they're out of town. And I think that's just super cool. Like, that's just one example of community in this church. And that's awesome that you guys have that. And God, like, literally what we need is community. And that's what God wants for us. He wants us to have these groups where we can meet up together, pray for one another, unite in the body of Christ. Because what? We're inseparable. Like, the fullness of Christ is his body. We're created for this. And that's, so it's like all coming full circle now. And now we're going over like what it means to really practice this or what this really looks like. Here's a quote. This is a quote, and I think something that I've been studying really recently is the early church and how the early church did what it did because the early church was able to expand super rapidly. They were willing to die for their faith, and the Christian church just it spread all over the place in just a matter of 400 years. It's super impressive. And so this quote, this comes from the book, The, the Ferment of uh, the Patient Ferment of the Early Church by Alan Crater. And Luke actually recommended this book, and it's all about, like, what did the early church practice, and how did that affect everything that came after that? So it says, Where we may wonder, did they learn the habits of patient living and all these other things that they did? Most probably it was from Christian communities. And then, this is really early on in the book, then he literally goes on the entire book and explains how all these different things all was because of Christian community. Like, the early church would not be able to do what it did without Christian community. One of the fascinating things that they did weekly was they did communion weekly. And this isn't because it was a requirement, it's because they knew the importance of reminding themselves of what Jesus did for them, and reminding themselves of the mission that they had united in Christ, and that's to what? Go spread the good news to everyone. And so they did that. They had these practices and all this stuff that they did, and they knew the importance of meeting together for that, because alone they, they couldn't do it. And that's why, that's why Paul built so many different churches and communities, because it's important that you're experiencing the fullness of God with community. This is something else. This is a book that's on addiction and talking about addiction from a biblical perspective. And he says, me and Jesus is not the answer. The real answer is Jesus, his body, and I. Me and Jesus is religious code for me alone. It is the I can do man's way of reminding or remaining isolated, detached from authentic fellowship. We need all of Jesus, including his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all, which he's quoting Ephesians, which we read. He cannot find the healing, we, we will not find the healing we seek without loving, caring, believing people on a journey of recovery with us. Straight up, if you're struggling with any sort of thing, like, especially addiction, like, you can't even do that alone. Like, if you, the, Satan literally wants you to isolate yourself with your issues. Doesn't matter if it's addiction, doesn't matter if it's with doubt, doesn't matter, like, what it is. The enemy wants isolation in your life. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. And this is a super important verse. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. And it's talking about the importance that we shall meet up together so we can remind each other and be encouraged. 
It says, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he has opened for us through the curtain, this is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from all evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and to good works, not neglecting to meet up with each other, as it is habit to some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And what's the day? It's when Jesus comes back, right? So us as Adventists, what's our identity? We're Seventh-day Adventists. So we believe in the seventh day, we believe Sabbath the seventh day, but we also believe that Jesus is coming back, which is the second advent. So that's, that's literally in our identity, and that's why we have this mission of we have to go preach the good news of Jesus and tell the world about him. That's literally what we're known for is what our name says. And, but in Hebrews 10, it's saying, it's saying because Jesus did this, now we must meet up with each other and do this. See what I'm saying? Because we have accepted Jesus and now we are part of his body, now we must do this. Do not, it literally says, do not fail to meet up with each other. Because God, Paul knows, and God spoke through Paul and said, listen, there's going to be things in life that are going to distract you in your walk. There's going to be things in life that make you question and doubt the goodness of God. There's going to be things in your life that make you want to quit being a Christian. That's why it is important that you meet up with each other, encourage one another, remind each other of the sacrifice that Jesus made and of his goodness so that you may live free and in love and help another person out because of that and spread that. God's will for your life is to have community because it is your benefit, not because it's a requirement, but because he knows that if you're in isolation, that's where Satan, the enemy, can work the hardest. We need each other. Isolation equals death. Because the, what the enemy wants you to do is be like, I can do it myself, and then isolate yourself, but really you can't do it yourself because it's something that only Jesus can do. And so when you live that lie, when you believe the lie that you can do it yourself, then you're always going to remain enslaved. You're always going to be hopeless, feel ashamed. But when you have community and people who remind you, and encourage you in the faith that cultivates and fosters fullness and life. You see how important community is? Because like, if you're isolated, then that's when the enemy is going to attack you the most, and you don't have anybody to help you, or you're not there to help anybody else if you're not going after the people who are isolated. Like, this is a double thing. Like, it's not only like, okay, now I just have to wait here and like, wait till somebody comes to me. No, go out. And I think this is something to be said, too. Like, if you're struggling in isolation and people just don't know it, like, reach out to somebody. That's my challenge for you today. Like, if you have anything that you're going through and you feel isolated today, I feel, I feel convicted to, to say this. Like, talk to either me, Pastor Matt, Pastor Luke. Reach out to somebody because we care. God wants you to have community, and God doesn't want you to be alone in your suffering. God loves you so much that that's why we have us as fellow believers, so that we can love each other and help each other and encourage each other. We need each other. 
And I think something really cool in nature is that we can always see illustrations in nature that are like based on like our Christian walk and of God's character and stuff. One of the coolest things that I learned um, a while ago from somebody else preaching it, so this isn't my own illustration, but maybe you guys have heard of it, but do you know why geese fly in a V formation? Like, geese would not be able to make it to their migration destination in time if they didn't fly together in a V formation. Because there's something about the aerodynamics where it helps them fly with more efficiency. In fact, if only one of them was flying by themselves, that would cut, like, if, if you take one bird out of the group and that bird's trying to fly by himself, that cuts away 70% of the distance. Like, it's over half. Like, that's how important it is. And this is something that's so beautiful that, like, makes me super emotional, is that when a bird, when one of these geese gets sick or is weak or is struggling to keep up with the rest, two of the birds in the pack will go with that bird and form a mini-V. Okay? And they will stay with that bird the entire migration there or stay with them if they can't make it. Like, they won't go. And it's because they know the importance, it's like in their DNA that they have to help each other. What are we doing as Christians? <laughs> like, what does our church look like? Does our church look like this? Like, I challenge you today, this is what our church should be doing. If we see somebody in isolation, see somebody who's struggling, we have to be there to help them, just like these geese. Like, that's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Like, it brings, me, it brings joy to my heart to see that happen. Like, God wants us to have community. So, if we're not doing that, what are we doing? We are one body with one purpose and one mission, which is to bring other people to understand and believe the goodness and love of God. So that they might have eternal life. Once you receive it, it's not something selfishly that you keep to yourself. You share it with not only your fellow believers, but with the community. This, this church is built around go, making a positive influence in the local church, in the local community. And that's something awesome. Continue doing that. We need each other, and it's not good for us to be alone. We're created to have community. And so my challenge for you today is, if you're struggling with something, because I have no idea what you guys go through, but we all have the things that we face. None of us have anything... None of us have a perfect life, right? All of us struggle with doubt. All of us struggle with different things in life. If you're struggling, reach out to somebody. And if you know somebody's struggling, reach out to them. Help uplift them. Pray over them. If you have a community, build a community that looks like this, where you're constantly reminding each other of how good God is and showing that and living it out to each other. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, you're such a good and gracious God, and I just pray that, God, no matter who is in this room, God, this may be their first time at church, this may be their second time at church, and maybe they're, they're questioning you. Maybe they've been in church for years, and they, they don't believe how good you are, how much you love them. God, I just pray, whoever's in this room, God, I want to pray for healing for them. I want to pray that if they need help, that they have the courage to reach out. And if there's people in here that know someone in the church is struggling, 
that they have the courage to reach to them and help lift them up. God, God, we are one body with one mission, God. And I just pray that we remember that and remind each other of how good you are. Because God, you love us. And now we have to share that with the world, God. Share it with each other. So thank you for church. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to even meet in a facility like this and to commune with each other as one body. In your name, amen. hope you were inspired by today's message, and we would love to hear from you. If you would like to contact one of our pastors, find out more about what we believe, or for information about our service times in Marietta, Georgia, please visit www.mariettaadventist.org. If you were inspired by today's message, please share it with your friends. It is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are available.